thank you for joining us for this podcast of Mill and Reader Info. This episode is with Wendy Louise Diggles, the milliner behind Belle Folly. Wendy won the 2018 Masters of Millinery section at the Royal Melbourne Show. This is an invitational-only section for members at the Millinery Association of Australia. Thank you for talking hats today with me, Wendy. It's lovely, um, lovely to have you with us for the Millinery Info podcast. Just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about first how you got into millinery. I'm um, sure. Um, I started off well. I've I've always liked hats, but for many many years I was um, making jewellery and um, headpieces and bridal headpieces and things like that in Sydney. Um, I had a couple of quite good friends that were milliners. So I guess I was always the girl that did the jewellery and they were the ones that did the millinery and I didn't really think of ever doing it myself at the time. Um, I guess um, probably started off through making bridal headpieces. So quite a few years ago, um, I got asked to do bridal headpieces for Marina Hardwick and a few other bridal stores. Um, and I quite enjoyed that. I liked working with bigger pieces. Um, it was Jewellery is a little bit limiting. And um, with headpieces and things like that, had a bit more scope, a bit more sculptural. Then um, about 12 years ago, anyway, I came to um, Brisbane or came back to Brisbane. I grew up in Brisbane. Came back to Brisbane to live. And I was just doing wholesale jewellery because I didn't have my um, studio and my workshop anymore. And I was really missing that kind of creative link. I used to make and design a lot of big jewellery pieces and crowns and tiaras and things. So um, I heard about the millinery course at TAFE at Mount Gravatt. Um, I called them up and I said, well, you know, how do I, how do, I do this? How do I get into this course? And um, basically they said, well, you just pay <laughs> and you turn <laughs> up. And I thought, oh, okay, that's one day a week. I can fit that in. And um, I, just, I just started at TAFE about six years ago. So um, it, was, it was really lovely. I loved it. Um, I'd always learnt... I'd learnt jewellery, I'd taught myself. And being in Sydney in the fashion industry, it's quite competitive and cutthroat. Um, I don't really know any other jewellers in Sydney. I tend to work with couturiers a lot. So I know a lot of dress designers and couturiers, but I didn't really have the contact with other people doing the same thing that I was doing. Uh, when I started doing millinery and I met all these other people who had this passion for millinery, all of a sudden it was a different world. You know, people were friendlier and more sharing and, um, you know, you'd all be looking for sources for things and sharing sources and sharing ideas and helping each other make things. And um, I just really liked it. I liked everything about it. I liked the people I met. I liked the teachers I had. Um, and I really enjoyed learning to do something different and learning to do it properly instead of um, <laughs> teaching myself. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of trial and error. Um, and um, and who were you learning area. from? And who were you learning from when you were at TAFE? Um, so I had um, a couple, basically I did. I ended up doing Cert Four. Um, I had uh, Robin Smallhorn and I had um, Janelle Rayner were my teachers. Um, I, I ended up doing kind of the second year of Cert Three and, and Cert Four at the same time. Uh, because there were some doubts as to whether they were going to continue with Cert 4 and um, I really wanted to do it. So they, um, because I had a history in the fashion industry and I, 
I guess um, I had a bit of uh, life experience. They allowed me to do the two together. So that was, um, that was really good. I got to fast track that a little. Um, and I was very fortunate that the two Hats Off events were held in Brisbane um, also around that time. So I got to go to both of those and do a lot of lessons there. And um, really very early on in my millinery, um, I got to do some classes with some really interesting people and lots of different things. So I um, feel very lucky there. Yeah. And from once you finished um, TAFE, what was the, what was the um, progression to you starting your own, your own brand or label? Um, well, I guess through people I met at TAFE, I'm, I met another girl at TAFE that's um, quite a bit younger than me, um, a very amazing um, couturier and fashion designer, Rebecca Cobbing. And we just got on very well. And uh, we uh, decided to get a studio together. She was um, doing couture. I was doing jewellery and headpieces for bridal. And then we were both doing the hats together. Um, she had her couture label, Rebecca Cobb and Couture. I had my um, jewellery label, which was Wendy Louise Designs. So we decided to create a new label for the two of us um, that was going to be um, hats and millinery and all handmade one-off pieces. Uh, and that's um, Belle Folie, um, which was a bit of an in-joke because I had a book called um, French Pour Le Snob. And <laughs> we thought... Okay, if we're going to have a name, we're going to have a French name. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, Belle Folly means beautiful madness, which we, we thought was pretty much our, um, our way of looking at everything. Our um, studio was always a bit of chaos um, and we liked to surround ourselves with things that we really enjoyed, that we really loved. So it um, seemed to be a good fit. Um, then um, uh, Rebecca, who's very talented in lots of fields, um, after about, I think it's about a year or so, um, Rebecca decided to um, open a restaurant. And um, she's since become a chef <laughs> and um, she's uh, been very successful in that career. So I just continued on with Belle Folly on my own. Fantastic. And... Um, one of the reasons I would, uh, was looking to speak with you because you made um, a very beautiful and interesting piece for the Master Millinery section at the Melbourne show, which you won. And I was just wondering if you could describe that piece to us and maybe where you got the concept from. Sure. I mean, that was, um, I was fairly new to millinery, so I haven't really been in a lot of competitions or anything. Um, I, I did go into the... I really kind of have to feel the brief to go into something. And I went into the um, Millinery Association Design Awards a couple of years ago and, and got top 10. And I think it gave me the confidence that when um, I was amazed, I was invited, but I was so thrilled that I was invited. And I had a little bit more confidence at that stage. I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you know, it's, it's a royal show. You know, what? I didn't really know what to expect. I've never been to the Melbourne show. But um, I grew up in Brisbane going to the ECA, um, the show here. And, of course, living in Sydney for a long time, I went to the Easter show. And my kind of childhood memories of the show were always that sort of agricultural, you know, the sort of the country meets the city and the big hall full of vegetables and fruits. And one of my very favourite things was the honey 
area with the bees and you could see the honey and they had a big piece of um, like a big beehive with a glass front and you could see all the bees in it and I, I think as a kid that just really impressed me um, so when I kind of thought well what am I going to do for this show rather than um, a fashion thing I kind of thought of it differently and I thought well I really want to do something to do with that um, I just kind of recently bought a beehive block off somebody because I always had a bit of a thing for insects and bees and um, I thought okay I have to use this block so I just made a piece that was like a large um, a large saucer um, with a beautiful kind of grass colored cinema uh, on a headband I had some some beautiful I decided to do some bit of crin and a little bit of little bit of fancy with a few nice little yellow flowers and leaves and things like that and in the middle of it I perched my my um, beehive uh, which I made out of a, a really lovely golden colored um, paracelsus straw vintage straw and um, yeah I just and I had some little I, I found some little um, enameled bees little jeweled enameled bees and I wired those so that um, they kind of hovered around the beehive and hovered over the flowers and things like that and it was just really my childhood memories of the show and what I thought would be appropriate to be in one of those big glass cabinets at the show. <laughs> so you make fashion millinery as well. Um, how do you go about selling those and who are your customers for those pieces? I think a lot of people do specialise in one area or another but because I guess because I've been doing jewellery and headpieces and bridal for such a long time um, I would I would never give up bridal because I I just have a really special relationship with weddings and brides. I've been doing bridal where around 30 years. I actually love working with brides. Some people don't, but I I love working with brides. Um, I like doing things for mother of the brides. I'm happy to do things for wedding parties. I I like the whole concept and the styling of it and there's nothing more satisfying than getting it just right. And um, it's great. I just, I still, you can tell I'm emotional about it. I really love doing stuff for brides. And when I see them happy and they come back and thank me, it really makes my day. It's great. Um, so I've, I've always done bridal. It's just that now my bridal probably has a bit of a blend of the jewellery pieces I used to make and the millinery I've learnt how to make. So I tend to do... Uh, pieces that are a combination of jewellery and millinery a lot of the time but you know I'm happy to do all sorts of things really. Uh, I do have racing clients here and um, I do quite a lot of stuff for people that are going to events or going to the races or going to weddings. It's, it's obviously a lot of people that are going to weddings overseas um, are keen to buy hats but I'm finding more and more of the old ladies that um, uh, you know mother of the bride, mother of the groom and uh, just guests are happy to wear hats to weddings in Australia as well which is nice so I've been doing a little bit more of that work um, so my clients are pretty varied um, in the shop um, I had the choice when I opened this shop about two years ago um, whether to make it a hat shop um, which I, I decided I really just wanted to have one-off pieces that were special I didn't really want to bring in hats or have sun hats or have you know bought in or imported pieces I really just wanted or budget pieces I really just wanted to have beautiful millinery 
being quite realistic and having been in business for a long time, I didn't really think I could survive, especially in Brisbane, um, with a niche market like that. So um, in, in my store, I have my hats that I make. I have beautiful hats from other milliners that um, I know. I've got a bit of jewellery I've made. I've got a little bit of the jewellery that I import. I've got bridal headpieces and I've got um, a couple of ranges of handbags that I really like. So I decided to make the shop more a place where there's nice accessories that are all kind of special and a little bit different and not something that you get from a department store. So that's, they, they all call me the hat shop, but it's, it's not really, it's pretty bad probably about half hats or a third hats or something in here. But when I was um, in Sydney and I was doing more jewellery pieces, I used to do uh, more stuff for film and theatre and um, performers, all sorts of things like that. But in Brisbane, it's a little bit more um, limited. And I haven't really, I'm not really as established um, here now as I was when I was in Sydney because um, I had shops in Sydney in um in the CBD for seven years, in Double Bay for five years, in Newtown for three years. So by the, by the end of all that, I had quite a bit of a following. And coming to Brisbane and learning millinery, I've sort of started anew, um, kind of from the beginning. Um, but it's, it's really nice too, because it's like a fresh start. But, um, you know, I do have to bear in mind um, it's like a whole new business and I'm starting from, from scratch pretty much again. So have you always worked, worked for yourself? Um, yeah, I'm pretty much. I mean, probably when I was about 17, I, I went to Sydney from Brisbane and I, you know, I had like the usual kind of jobs in shops and things like that. Um, and I made jewellery as a hobby and I did Paddington markets and uh, Balmain Markets in Sydney. And I sort of, from that, I just, making things just took over. Um, and when I could eventually support myself with the things I used to make and sell, then I just did that full time until eventually I saved up uh, to go overseas for a while when I was in my 20s. And then when I came back, eventually I just kind of, it led to having a shop. Coming to Brisbane about 12 years ago, I just had a bit of a gap for 10 years where I was just doing wholesale and um, I've really missed it. I've really enjoyed have opening the shop here because um, I think it's more me. I, I don't think I'm um, a real business entrepreneur. I, I just like um, uh, dealing with people one-on-one. -on -one. I like making things and I like um, customers coming in and giving me a brief and showing me fabric. And um, I really do like doing custom orders. And what has been one of the challenges that you've found of managing and owning your own shop space? It's a financial thing, really. Um, it obviously, um, something like owning a shop, uh, you know, I've had shops for many years, as I've said, and it's probably the hardest time in history uh, for people having a shop. The way things work now with the internet, it is not easy having a retail shop. It, it really isn't something I would recommend to others. It's just, just because it is very tough. Um, but I enjoy it. It's a, it's a bit of a challenge. And the challenge for me is having that variety of goods, having um, reasonable price points, uh, having things that people want to buy and um, giving them really good service and getting them to come back. So uh, that's my main challenge with the shop. 
for me personally, as an, as an artist, the challenge is managing my time. Difficult with this type of shop to make enough money to really have full-time staff. So I'm in here, generally my working week is I, I work from home generally Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And I have the support of my sister and some very good friends that come in and work for me and help me out. And then I'm in the shop myself Thursday, Friday and Saturday. That doesn't leave me a lot of time off. And that's when I see clients. And I, I do handwork in the shop and things like that. But I really, really don't have... It's a very small shop. I don't have the space to do anything else. Um, I just can do a bit of hand stitching. That's about it. And so um, do you have materials that you keep in stock? And how do, you, do you, how do you run your consultations with your clients? Do you have swatches on hand that they refer to? Um, or is it a you'll take their fabric and... Um, take it away to your home workspace? Yeah, look, I, ideally, I would love to have um, a big enough space. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a, uh, like an old shopping centre. It's called the Brisbane Arcade and it's very kind of small and it's very pretty and very small. Um, ideally, I'd love to have a workshop as well or I'd love to have one of the bigger shops that has mezzanine. I have to see clients, talk them into bringing some fabric in or something like that. Um, sometimes they'll come and see me, tell me what they want. They'll make an appointment with me and I will go home and go through my materials and I'll bring in things to show them. So if I know that they've got a particular colour or a particular sort of thing they're after, I'll bring in a little box of bits and pieces to show them and um, focus on. It's a, it's a little bit, takes a little bit longer doing it that way. It would be great if I could just reach out the back and grab them. Most of the time it's fine. Most people do give me enough lead up time and that's always the thing. You know, some people come in a week before a big race event and want a custom-made piece and it's it's almost impossible uh, and I always say it's um, anything is possible uh, with time and budget <laughs> <laughs> and when a customer is coming into the shop do you have a collection that you're presenting to them or a constant flow of designs how do you manage kind of your expectations or what they what they want to achieve so far i haven't had a collection i do understand the difference between a collection and just an assortment of hats at the moment i've pretty much just got an assortment of hats and i guess um because i like to use vintage materials and i like um and i, I have a really good collection of vintage hat blocks and i, I tend to favor slightly 40s 30s feel um, pieces as well I guess I have a general style of my hats and that's tends to collect clients that that look appeals to them as well so it's not really a collection they're they're all random they're all one-off pieces and they're largely based on the materials that I find or or something that inspires me where the sort of more specific things come in it's it's when people want a custom order um, I would like to actually work more with collections and it's something I'm thinking as I go forward in my career is I will try and make a small collection each year that that has a relationship you know the pieces in it have a relationship with each other and it makes more sense for photography and marketing but I think I can't quite give up the um, slightly eclectic nature of the way I work as well. The customers that come to your shop front door is that through your marketing or are you working with local other local dress designers and shops um, and how, how do they how do they find you 
in the past in Sydney, when I was doing um, a lot of bridal work and I was working with a lot of couturiers, I, I tended to do, to do a lot of things for them to go in parades or go for, you know, if they were going into a big fashion competition, I would do the jewellery and accessories for them. And then I had a relationship with those designers and they would send people to me. But in Brisbane, it is a little bit different. A lot of bridal couturiers, particularly these days, want to try and keep it all in-house. Um, but I do have a few that know my work and they do send people in. I've also got a few, being in the city, in the CBD, there's quite a lot of um, uh, dress designers around me. And people tend to come into the city, buy a dress and then just look around and they start looking for accessories. Um, so a lot of my clients will basically just find me or a friend will have told them there's a hat shop up here. There was a very successful hat shop upstairs in the Brisbane Arcade for many years called the Hat Box. And she retired a couple of years ago. So um, I do get clients of hers coming up or people that remember there was a hat shop in the Brisbane Arcade coming up looking for hats. Um, but I'm also getting uh, a lot more people come up uh, that just are walking through the arcade or... They come from interstate and it's a, it's a very beautiful arcade. It's um, very much like the Strand Arcade in Sydney um, or the Block or something like that in Melbourne. So people do tend to come in just to look around um, and find us. So I guess they're coming from a lot of different ways. I have a little display cabinet downstairs that, that I pay extra for that I always do um, change the displays around in and people quite often see that on the ground floor and it, it sparks their interest and they come upstairs to have a look what we actually have. All sorts of things. I'm getting repeat customers and things coming back as well. It's just building, building slowly. Yes. And with the bridal being um, a bridal headpiece for a, a bride, obviously, um, that's hopefully a one-off um, experience for them. So do you have those ladies coming back to you for other pieces or um, is your are the hats separate from your bridal hair? Are they a different type of clientele for you? It, it, it pretty much is a different type of clientele. Although it, it is funny because um, I, I have had people that had my bridal headpieces um, 25 years ago coming back with um, their daughter. And oh, lovely. I have had, I had one recently where um, her daughter wore her mother's headpiece and they took photos of both of them. That was, um, that was just really nice. Like seeing that, you know, I always used to say to people, these are heirloom quality headpieces, but I don't think anybody really believed me. But now seeing that they're of an age that people are getting them out and their daughters and their nieces and other members of the family are wearing them again in a different way, is, um, it's really exciting for me. I, I really enjoy that. Um, I don't, I have had... <laughs> You know, I have occasionally had repeat clients <laughs> with bridal, but uh, that's kind of the nice thing. Because I've done bridal for 30 years or so, you didn't really get repeat clients, but you did get referrals. So now doing um, fashion millinery as well, I have got several clients that I've probably got quite a few clients that maybe have eight or ten hats that I've made for them. And having those clients that are coming back as repeat business is quite a new thing for me. And do you have any projects coming up in the works? Do I have any projects? I've always got projects. <laughs> um, I've, I've just finished doing a, um, a historic fair that was 
I do medieval reenactment and, and I do make medieval hats as well. So um, I've got a big one coming up in about a month's time um, at the Abbey in Caboolture, which is this big, um, huge medieval fair. It's their 30th anniversary. So I have to make stock for that. I'll just be getting stuck into making my spring range as early as I can really soon. Um, just finished doing the hat for the um, Millinery Association Design Comp. Um, that was a big relief to have that finished because um, although I'm on the committee and I voted for the, um, the theme, uh, when I actually came to make a hat <laughs> for the theme, it was quite a challenge. So <laughs> sometimes the you theme really out. speaks to you and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I, uh, I was happy with it in the end. But um, uh, when I did the, I did the hat talk um, competition uh, last year, second runner up for, for one of the pieces for the fusion. And I quite enjoyed that because I just did a, a hat that I really liked doing. And I also did a big jewelry piece and that was part of it. And that was for me, it's, it's very personal sometimes the way you interpret themes. But for me, it was quite personal because it was, it really was a fusion of my old skills, which were my jewellery skills. I had made the piece totally by hand and my millinery skills, which were my new skills that I'm very proud of. So do you enjoy entering the, co the competitions? No. <laughs> I find them really <laughs> like stressful. With them, though. I have to make myself do it. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit kind of, um, it, it's just a confidence thing, really. I, I, I always feel like I'm not good enough, <laughs> which was when I won the Masters of Millinery and, and when I got the runner-up for the hat talk thing, I, nobody in the world was more surprised than me. It was quite funny because the Masters of Millinery piece, I actually sold it to a, to a lovely lady from the photo of it in, on my phone. I, I didn't. I didn't know I'd won <laughs> at that stage and I didn't think I'd come anywhere in it because I hadn't heard anything back and I thought, oh, you know, I guess I didn't do very well. And then I got the, um, I got the notice, I got an email and it said um, score, you know, 90-something and then it said position one. And I thought, oh, well, does that mean I won? <laughs> I like to go in for them if I can, but it, it really is just the time. I, I just, and um, I, I'd hate to go in for a competition and not, not, but it's a bit more stressful. <laughs> Whereas doing work for, um, doing custom orders and stuff, I, I don't get stressed about that at all. I really enjoy it I, because I have a brief. I know what the client wants and I do it and the client's really happy with it. And then I know I've done the right thing. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting hats with me, Wendy. It's been so lovely. Thank you very much for asking me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this podcast of Millinery.info. We'd like to thank our Patreon podcast sponsors, Catherine Cherry Millinery, Hat Academy, The Essential Hat, and Louise McDonald Milliner. You and your business can become a Patreon supporter of Millinery Info. There are two levels available, a supporter level or podcast sponsor. The supporter level gives you access to exclusive content on the website. A podcast sponsor is just $15 a month, and with that, you receive a thank you on the monthly podcast, link to your website in each podcast, article, and the newsletter. You can choose to support us ongoing or just for a set period of time. 
It's a great way to have your business, supplies or event heard about in the ears of milliners across the globe. You can keep up to date with the latest podcasts or look back through some of the past episodes on our website or follow along on your favourite podcast app. If you know someone who might be interested in taking a listen, how about sending them a link to your favourite episode? Thank you for joining us today and we hope you've enjoyed this episode with Wendy. We look forward to bringing you another episode next month.